Guys, let's get real. Let's get real for a second. Are you ready to have your mind blown open and taken over by rainbows that the earth squirted inconceivably into some fat stones? Are you sick and tired of seeing the same double rainbow? Do you know in your heart that you need infinite rainbows? Me too. We're seeing them right now, and we have the answer for you to manifest the reality that you truly desire. Yeah. Wear these opals while you're manifesting and manifesturbating your dreams. They will take over your dreams, let me assure you. Yeah, we're, we're here today to tell you about our fairy opal grandparents. Yeah. Cosmic opals. Cosmic opals. We love them. They love us. Sponsors of the pod. Sponsors of the pod. And all they want for you is to experience rainbows. Yes. Yeah, and find incredibly unique jewelry. Yeah. And like they mine them themselves and we went mining with them and it changed our lives forever. When you're like sifting through the dust and the dirt and the rubble all day and then you find a shiny rainbow. These are more rare than diamonds, y'all. Yeah. You're we became the opals. The yeah. opals became us. We were dreaming an opal. We're, we're obsessed. You realize everything <laughs> is opal. And I feel like you need that. I feel like you need 10% off. I think feel like you need 10% off. On the whole site. So go to CosmicOpals.com, type in that code. Boy, you know it's online forever. And remember, everything is opal. So Opal and out. Get some opal today. <laughs> Are you sure you want to post that? It's going to be online forever. Yeah, what are you wearing today, uh, old Susie? Um, I'm wearing a... I've never done, like, a what am I wearing anything on online, I don't think, even. But So this feels weird for me, but this is from Los <laughs> Angeles Apparel. It's a... <laughs> it's, like, a onesie. Hello! And, and this, it's grain. And it's grain. And the skirt is from something, this belt I wear with a lot of things. You're and not, then... Th this is for the visually unpresent people, so... Mm-hmm. Give oh, them you want me a little to detail. More. Yeah. Okay, the skirt seems like a clueless type vibe with like, it's kind of platy, and the belt is metal. The belt goes with everything. The belt goes with very everything. important, and yes. I need a, I need a sister to it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then let's talk about the shoes together. We went to San Francisco for Pride because we are prideful queers. Because we are manic travelers. Yes. <laughs> and um, did we, not get fucked. Did do some business though. We did some business. We got some business done, mm -hmm. and sure. we got some shopping done as well. So yeah, these are John Flubog's shoes. He is a really cool designer. He was originally like with Doc Martin, and then they were like, mm. you can see the influence. Who influenced who? You know, but mm -hmm. John Flubog is definitely like the artsier, cool person. Yeah. So we have on our little funky shoes, and I have on my baby socks, and yes. I also have on a dress from Los Angeles Apparel, which is red. And it's not containing me very well, so I will probably be, it'll be another hand-me-down to you. Okay. Hand-me-up, really. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my jacket I also got in San Francisco when we were there for Pride, and it is huge. And I don't know, I just wanted to give a sultry vibe today, because mm -hmm. we're taking our power back, bitch, and we're shedding our old beliefs. <clears throat> yeah, we have a lot in the docket today. A it's a little overwhelming, you know. We're going to try to get through it, yeah. I was... <sighs> I was thinking about my name on the way over here and how it's like such a happy, like cheerful name that I chose at the beginning of my career. And I was like, what would my alter ego be? And my brain was like, Wanda Winters. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sydney Summers is now Wanda Winters. <laughs> yeah, mine would be like Susie Stellar is now <laughs> depressed and non-functional. <laughs> No, we're fine. We're fine. We're just angry. Mm-hmm. Mm. And just like, so, I don't know. It's like you have this path and this to-do list, right? And everything is going according to plan. And then the universe just... Bends your ass Excuse over. my like poor machine gun sounds, but just like... <laughs> oh, actually, that was really good. Did you hear that? Yeah, The best I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> best yeah, I've ever had. So we've just been pinned down... Oh, by um, bullshit, seemingly, again and again. We started filming this season in February, thought we were going to be done by March. And now we are different ass people. We're different. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, so curious to watch this season, like from the beginning, and then just see the dawning of realization. Yeah, I do want to keep it pretty chronological so you can see the light in our eyes disappear. <laughs> just kidding. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, we've had some amazing guests on this season. Yeah. Lena Paul came back and shared the damn some thing. news with us. We had Violet Myers on here, and she's just so sweet. We had the Snake Channeler on here. We had our producer of our jingle. Dude, I'm Donka. so in awe of Violet. I watched a video she was in with a bunch of other porn stars this morning on um, YouTube, and I was like, she's just it. Yeah. Yeah. She's really the one. I haven't met anybody else that's active right now in this industry that is so tapped in and so grounded at the same time. Yeah. And just and like sharing, like the fountain of information. Always. Fountain. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I can't remember if we talked about this. We just, um, we're just back in the studio for the first time in several literal months. And we came back a couple days ago and recorded our final guest episode. And I think we might have thought about or talked about this in that episode. But just to run it back. Um, no more male porn stars are coming on this podcast ever no. again. This is the last of that. The amount of time <laughs> that we have wasted editing out the dumb shit that they say. Because when you're in the pod, it's hard to call people out in the moment because you don't want to like make them feel too censored because you do want them to say some stupid shit. But like you don't. Yeah, and like our, I, I feel like we trust our audience too because you guys literally, you know. You're here for pr- us. You're here for us, and you're seeing these these guests as well. And I feel like they, they reveal themselves all by themselves. We don't have to do anything. And, and people see what kind of person you are when you come on here, honestly. And, and for the most part, like, we love all the guests that we've had for on sure. here. That's why we have them on. Besides one really big exception and a smaller exception, mm-hmm. both of which are men. And both I- of which wasted $1,000 of our money. This yeah. So that's annoying. That's just the beginning of it, truly. Yeah. <laughs> And the amount that they owe in damages uh, is astronomical. Six figures. <laughs> Seven. Period. Um, <laughs> let's just jump right into it. Let's go, babe, because we watched this back. and Yeah, so on, I believe, March 16th, we came in here and shot a podcast episode with somebody who has been outed as a serial violent rapist, abuser, awful person, whatever. But <clears throat> there, there's so much that we need to talk about this person, like simultaneously not wanting to ever talk about this person, ever. So it's confusing. Um, and we haven't watched that episode back until a couple of days ago. 
for a number of reasons. Because we were so traumatized by the situation. I'm just going to give you a couple of bullet points here to keep it really fun and cold. But, um, okay, so we had him on the podcast. He's a piece of shit. I knew this, but went against my intuition for a number of reasons. And hindsight is very much 2020 in this case in every single fucking way. Um, I'm just going to say that, like, when the first rounds of accusations came out, he was on vacation with a couple of our friends, and that made everything seem, like, not real because, like, two rising stars in the industry are, like, in Europe with him, and everyone's like, "Mm, if they're okay with it, it can't be true. So I guess this isn't true. And... Yeah, um, we had him on the podcast. I really don't understand why we ever wanted him on. I think because he is insane and we did want to call him out a little bit. Um, Later, which we did. Yeah. The whole episode. The whole, that's, yeah, that's true. And the whole time he was thinking, like, (laughs) keep talking your shit because I'm going to f you after this, which is what happened. So I went to his. Studio, which is his house, um, alone. Never do that. I tried to bring friends with me. He didn't allow it. Um, Same day as the podcast. Same day as the podcast. Literally hours later. And after filming with him, he immediately was, like, pressuring me to come over. And I was asking my friends, like, should I, like, calling, literally, like, phoning friends. Like, should I do this? I have a bad feeling. And it's no one's responsibility to tell me not to do something that, you know, everyone in the back of their mind probably felt like was going to be harmful to me. It's a bad situation to put everybody in. And I was asking two people who had worked with him before Mm -hmm. who hadn't yet dealt with their traumatizing experience because guess what? When a woman is being raped, she's going to just shut down because that's the way you survive it. And after you tell yourself that you enjoyed it until reality comes crashing down on you and the time frame of that varies with everybody. Yeah. And that's outside of this industry, which is where all of this happens. So there's an extra multitude of layers on top of that, which is that you want to monetize things. You have like networking to do and like other people who you're accountable to. And like it and just you, blinds you, don't you wanna, further. You don't want your fans to view you a certain way. You don't want mm-hmm. to talk about this even in your personal life, let alone online for everybody to know about. And OK, so I went over to his house, had a bad feeling should have left yes of course i'm the i'm the one that knows that the most so nobody needs to tell me that but um immediate bad vibes went over a couple of things he immediately was like i don't really feel like filming today like let's just fuck like blah 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 and i'm like no i would never just hook up with you um, I don't understand. I, I understand a lot of the victims were like really charmed and um, swept away in his like his very calculated persona of being like love bombing and charming and like all these things that did not happen to me. I was never charmed by this man. And I just want that to be known because I haven't heard that like side of things. I feel like um, for the most part people's stories were a little bit different. So I just want to offer a different um, point of view. This is really hard for me to talk about. But, okay, so I told him my nose. I said, don't spit on me, don't finger my ass, and no anal today. And all of those were broken. Um, All of the physical abuse happened off camera. He, 
I've never been physically beaten before, and that shit does something to your brain chemistry. Um, The first thing that he did, he was on top of me and, like, trying to start having sex with me. He immediately is like, you're so cool. Like, I hate when girls complain about fluffing. Should have left right then. But guess what, babes? Loaded gun next to the bed. And it's It's see-through. It's see-through, so you know that it's loaded. And it's bedside. Um... Okay, so I start disassociating, as a lot of people do when they're uncomfortable during sex. And he noticed that, and he literally said, where are you going? Hit me hard as fuck in the face and said, you're going to stay right here. Because he, he could see that I was escaping, and he wanted me to be as present as possible in the horror that is him. Um, I was there for three hours, got seven minutes of content, and I told him after um, never to put that shit anywhere. Um, and this was basically the day before, like, all of his associates and people who fucked with him before, air quotes around that, like, turned their backs on him. Mm-hmm. And they did so only because out of social pressure, not because of um, moral or ethical code. So, uh, all right, so I said that, check. Um, thankfully, I figured out what happened very quickly for other victims it didn't happen the same way and they felt a need to promote it to sell it and tell themselves that they liked it stockholm syndrome with abusers is very real and it doesn't invalidate someone's terrorizing experience Mm -hmm. at all um so that happened in march quite literally in the middle of this season we weren't able to come back here for a while we tried once and we just couldn't kind of crashed and burned yeah it was crashed and burned um But we are both like incredibly resilient and I think this brought up a lot in you because you also worked with him Mm -hmm. and um, I think oh my god this is such a huge can of worms but yeah yeah ever since getting to LA there's just yeah it's been it's been a long process of understanding and learning like red flags for the first time and like actually being aware of them and not being turned on by them it's really hard yeah and let me just like um, yeah let me highlight this fact that this man's relevancy lies only in like the pain and suffering that he has caused other people he i don't think that he was legitimately ever actually in this industry because nobody in mainstream respected him he would never survive on a mainstream set because there's other people in the room and he can't and abuse people um I feel like I wish that we weren't talking about him and talking about this at all. Hmm. But we have no choice at this point. Like, since it happened to me, so many people came forward. And there's this, like, anonymous Twitter account that no one knows who's behind the account. I don't think any of the victims really agree with how it's being run. Um, But it did enact change Mm -hmm. so it's comp that's a whole complicated thing um one thing we are talking about this because no one in this industry can shut the fuck up about it which is understandable because it's you know about everybody's safety and it's important to discuss and and all that but at the end every scene that i have shot since then um whether it's pro or content trade the other person has brought 
this up to me, not knowing that um, not only did this happen to me, but mm-hmm. unfortunately slash fortunately, I, I was a pretty big catalyst in this movement um, because of the mutual friends situation, I guess, that made people be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I guess all those other people were telling the truth, too. Mm. And then, you know, 20 or so other people come out after. And this is before I said anything. So it happened on March 16th. I believe we came in like 10 days later and filmed an episode to talk about it because I knew that I was going to have to be public about it because if I wasn't, then I'm just silent about something bad that's happened to me again. So we're here to break patterns, you know. Um <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, babe. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, everyone is talking about this, and I'd like to remind people, maybe not to bring it up if you don't know people's experience or if you're about to start talking about something check in check in and be like hey can i talk about something that's like kind of a weird vibe or potentially triggering or like you know whatever maybe before you're about to shoot a sex scene with somebody maybe don't bring up the fact that you're treated like a god because no one has said that you've raped them yet um we worked with the skin plumber sorry we were going to work with the skin plumber (laughs) his Um, alias yeah and everyone just like shoots rainbows out of this guy's ass so we were expecting uh, well we weren't expecting it to be great honestly but um i just wasn't expecting there to be so many red flags like All right. You can so, you can smell them through his Twitter, but then meeting him in real life, we were just like, what's going right. on? Yeah. Right. So we like basically we planned this club because we both. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm partially planned this because I know that James doesn't like this person and I have beef with James. So I'm like, well, I want to fuck his his little enemy or whatever. <laughs> so many vultures to talk about. But um, yes. And I wanted some dick, whatever, and and everyone's raving about raving him. about this guy or whatever. So whatever. So I show up. I get there before Sid. I have a bags of shit with me. He doesn't show me to the door or let me inside to put my stuff down. He's just like in the driveway waiting for her. I know her. I know she's gonna take like fifteen minutes or something. <laughs> so I'm like, I walk to the house myself, but I'm like, it's not his house. It's never actually their house. You know what I mean? But also, this guy presents as like a like. My read was, like, quiet, blue-collar, like, brass and tacks, kind of a horny man. Okay? So who? So the fuck? Why would he not take your bags, sir? <laughs> it's we, not even that. Just let me inside. <laughs> Girl's got to pee, okay? Hour and a half of trash. Um, all right. So I was like, or I had just shot a scene with Brazzers, and I was showing him this funny foot flashlight that I had filmed with just to, like, you know. Funny make foot conversation. flashlight that I Yeah, had it's like, with. this is great. This is funny. And he he was just like... Kind of like, oh, yeah, mainstream. Mm, yeah, it's probably good to get in and get out, right? Red flag. And um, I was like, no, I actually like it because the more people that are in the room, the less likely it is that I'm going to be raped and harmed. And then he was like, oh, yeah, are you a part of that Telegram group? And I made it extremely clear immediately. I was like, I don't want to talk about that. I'm not in that group because I can't handle mm-hmm. being in a... a, a that echo chamber of echo ins- chamber of sand trauma. Um, I was like, terrible things happened to me from that. With that, I don't want to talk about it. Whatever. And then he goes on a tangent about how terrible it is, how he's treated like a god 
because he hasn't raped anybody and how the bar is so low and how bad that is. But while he's saying it, he's bragging about it. And it's like, okay, if you're saying how bad it is, you're still it's mm. and I'm just like, wow, all of these men who aren't on the long list of abusers in this industry think they've done no wrong think they've done no wrong and like in a video game they're going after the destruction and like picking up all the coins literally money profiting off of all of this trauma from all these women meanwhile like trying to maintain this like woke figurine version of themselves for everybody and i see right through that shit and i'm not saying that he is doing any of this consciously or enjoying it or thinking that it's great but like he is profiting off of it and a lot of them are and I think that that is really annoying because when there are so few safe men to work with the few safe men get booked and busy especially when there is like this tidal wave of don't work with all of these people right so yeah, that's the first time that I've ever gone to a collab and then left. left. Let's just say that there is a lot of content that never sees the light of day in this and, industry. Yes, and we've also had in, in our fucking like personal lives, I feel like also people harvesting this like incredibly vulnerable time in our lives. It's been yes, it's been really a um, white night. Yeah, yeah. Little vultures. Men love to be around women who have been freshly raped because it makes them seem all right. Dude. Insane, dude. They're digging that that bar. They're digging. They're like, how low can we go? It's like limbo. <laughs> hey, let's see how low we can go. Probably lower. Unfortunately. Uh, I feel like I just have had a giant neon sign on my head since I got to LA that says, take advantage of me on it. <laughs> And it's like only the fucking creepy narcissist sociopaths can see it. Mm. I feel like I, I haven't had the same experience with LA as a whole. Um, I, I, when I think about like how, and, and I'm just going to be really honest about the thoughts that go through your head after something terrible happens to you. Of course, you're like, how could I let this happen? You know, I had a feeling that this man was not only a piece of shit, but like violent and bad. Well, we were like had a whole different like brainwashing about the industry at that point. I feel like there's like really like culturally this script that a lot of us adhere to. I don't think this applies to you as much either, but one about allowing men to like basically do whatever they want to you and that makes you good mm -hmm. and not yeah well he said that when he was on this podcast so i mean let's this man has said a lot on twitter since he's gotten his account back so we had him we have a whole hour of an interview in this space of him exposing the fuck exposing out of exposing the fuck out of himself um <laughs> You, I mean, I've seen this in social settings, calling him out for having demons at a couple of different parties. Yeah, yelling at him. Yelling at him about <laughs> it. And he just, like, projects it back onto you, yeah. being like, you're the one with demons. But, so that's kind of how the episode starts. Yeah. Um, he talks about how a woman is only, like, a good whore if oh, yeah. all of her holes are available to you. Um, let me just say that, like... Watching this video was energetically fucked. Dude, it was such a vortex. Because, like, well, for me, I'm like, I had 
reframed this video like over and over in my mind and made it this like huge fear of like us being like ditzy like idiots or something and just like right people yeah. yeah and just like allowing him to walk all over us but we weren't even acting like that Mm-mm. and literally i can see him manipulating me in real time he pulls up like old conversations from over a year ago i'm sorry but asking someone who's gonna fuck you if they've had a vasectomy is not inappropriate and if you're in the industry and you don't want people to ask you questions about your dick then get the fuck out also get a vasectomy also get a vasectomy you should your dna line needs to end with you (laughs) um what a legacy hope the family in boston's really proud (laughs) um (laughs) some of them probably are (laughs) anyway so he okay. <laughs> he exposes himself for a full hour. Um, it also corroborated. Like I wasn't expecting it to just dead ass corroborate. He's so fucking see through. He's so slimy. It comes across really, really powerfully in the video. Mm-hmm. And we, at first, we weren't even thinking that we could ever even watch it. Yeah, like, it took us so long to sit down because we were watch scared it. of him. He was so scary. I mean. The thought of of watching it is scary. And yeah, like a man with multiple loaded guns who rapes people violently professionally is terrifying. Yeah, like I I was so I've never been as scared as I was earlier this year. And then when we were in the DR and he literally broke into our friend's house like that really validated everything I was feeling. I was like, no, but don't you feel bad because he's being cyber bullied? You stupid piece of shit. No one deserves to be canceled. Puny, warty ass <laughs> dick boy. Wart dick, bro. How are you gonna get back in the industry with your wart dick? Yeah, everyone can plotting s- on who. I and like, I'm sorry. This man is just like such scum. It's no. so hard to describe. Like, clearly, this dude was in LA for 15 years trying to make something work. Nothing's working. And <laughs> he's, like, trying to, like, eat his scraps all over town. And, you know, he comes on here and says Sky Bree asked him to be his girlfriend. No. No. And, like, just the name dropping and the bullshit and, like, him saying that he was offered to do a scene with Johnny Sins and Alex Jones, I don't believe it. What company was that? Like, some puny something? Like, that didn't even have them confirmed for it? No, it I don't exists know. in his mind only. It, yeah. And I, even in the episode, I was like, oh, why? Because you don't want the comparison? <laughs> you know, like, we were, And he was like... <laughs> <laughs> we were, like, hitting him... The whole time. Because his ego is obviously in the fragile same, As In the fuck. same way that we would off camera. Like yeah. every social interaction that we have had with this man, it has been us letting Roasting him know him. that we see through him. Yeah, literally. And I wasn't going to his house to do the whole angel wings, intense, hardcore scene. I made it very clear that it was a trial run to see if I wanted to do that. And anyone who is a fan or has seen my stuff online knows that I'm not getting beat up on there. I'm not getting mm-hmm. held down even in fu- like that is not my vibe. And he also knew that. He and definitely did. I said that I had never done an anal scene on the podcast on the podcast hours before. And he was like, oh, and I was like, mm, not today. There's a-. he's like, what better time than right here right now? And he I believe he was like. I was like, mm, and he was like, yeah, we'll see about that. You said there's a line. There's a line. And he said, we'll see about that. And he was right. <laughs> I cannot believe he said 
all of this in that fucking pod. Obviously, we're this is like our director's commentary on yeah, yeah, his yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, and also like, so he brings up the scene that he shot with you mm-hmm. and I go, oh, was it an anal scene? And you say it was not intended to be. And that's one of the main things that people have said, that yeah. he is extremely coercive to, to get in the ass and to... Yeah, like, because he's like probably a repressed queer person who then ends up in adulthood. Like that's what they do. He also was telling me that he was raping me while he was raping me. Like, I'm raping your little asshole, and like Bro. you think you're so cool because you have a podcast. He like, really tried to threaten this shit. He really did. Mm-hmm. The boys are mad that we have this. And I'm so glad we have this. I'm so glad that we okay, have but this. that's the thing. Like all of this shit is so fucking cosmic because it's like we go through this whole like fool's journey of like, okay, we're going to expose ourselves to the entire world. We get over that hump. Right after we get over that, all of this shit happens. It's like I really feel like we've had to prove that we just simply deserve to be in two chairs paying $500 an hour to talk into some fucking microphones about just our lives. Like, it's really crazy that people are so, so hurt about it. So hurt that they're violent about it. Let's, before we move on, Mm. just go over the red flags of showing up to a content trade, just to make it clear of, like, things that we've seen that now, if we see, we leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they say... Well, this is an example from Skin Plumber. Yeah, he we'll was, just tell you about that because all the red flags, all the red flags were, there. were there. But he's the best one. Not, not. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so. First, right. we asked him about having a camera person there. Yeah, because we no longer want to go to a house without somebody else there because the last time that happened, look what happened. And honestly, you really shouldn't be going to someone's house that you've just, that you barely know to not only have sex with. But then to film and then to share online forever and it's, um, okay, let's just go over a couple that he said off the rip. So we wanted to bring our friend Mm -hmm. to come and film, Soundboard Spence, shout out. And And thank God we did. Yeah. Skin Plumber's response to that was basically, um, I like filming hookup stuff. Like it makes me really uncomfortable when another man is in the room. Like it can really throw off the vibe, which is what they lit truly all say okay got it and oh and he likes to make like this is also something they all say really like shitty looking content yeah he's like i like it if it just looks like shit i like my fingers if there's fingers in the way if it's shaking upside down if it's filming the ceiling i drop the phone i drop the phone that's how we start (laughs) like He's like, I really like it to look bad. And we both were like, oh, we like to have content that looks good. And he was like, what? (laughs) He was just like, oh. And we had a whole idea. We were like, what if we kind of like bossed you around a little bit? And he was just just like, like, we just want to be bratty, basically. Yeah, we wanted to be bratty. And like, we weren't going there for him to dominate us both. No. And that was never discussed beforehand. And we get there and we say that we want to, like, be bratty and, like, use him, kind of, you know? Just, like, be in control of the scene more. And he did not like that. No. It was very, very red, very clear. Also, he dropped that he had been on Netflix immediately within 10 minutes of meeting him. Okay, got it. So if they're an actor, if they're adjacent to the entertainment industry in any way, which Alex Filo also is, red fucking flag. Weird ego problem. Red flag. 
<laughs> and also, for the fucking record, you put your own real ass name on the internet, so it's fair game, bitch. We're not doxing. Oh, Alex you. Gomez, female, f- Fila. <laughs> 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 oh, um, what else? Um, what else did he? I mean, what was the final straw? Because all right, so he and our friend were outside chatting. Mm-hmm. We go inside to like change for the scene, and we're looking at each other like. You said, I didn't know he was going to be like this. And I was like, me either, man. I sure didn't. Thought I was going to quiet, like normal horny boy. I thought he was going to be horny. Horny. And it was like a fax machine. With piercing blue eyes, which never trust a man with blue eyes, first of all. (laughs) I don't know. Sunglasses can tell you everything you need to know. But, um, (laughs) okay. What is there anything else that comes out to you from that experience any other red flags i can think of others from other things but it's usually like if it's like i just want to fuck if they don't want there to be some sort of like structure to the scene um if it, if they're just making it really obvious that they might only get hard if they're in complete control of everything that part that part like your dick is not another co-performer here you're it responsible is, it's you're responsible for your dick just like we're responsible for our pussies. Like, I'm not going to be like, no, 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 no. Wait, hold on. I need 23 minutes of head before we can continue. <laughs> no. Dude, when I started out, this guy who I filmed a foursome with made us suck on alternating between his nipples and his neck for upwards of 20 minutes on his third nut of the day. Trying to nut three times a day for this guy. I was just like. Looking back, oh no, the screenshots, the stills from that scene, I'm just like so sad and sweaty. We're not doing that. Mm -mm. No, you come (laughs) correct, honey. I I can't think of any other time where I've had to do that. And it was only like in Alex Filo's um, example, like he couldn't get hard until he started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. So I and I I saw that in multiple stories with him as well. Um, if they are not hard and they are telling you that you have to do something about it, leave if you can, and hopefully you have someone else there with you so you do feel safe to leave. And also trying to fuck off camera, like it's I, I've I've actually talked on this on podcast before and been like pro, and my feelings have changed a lot on that personally. I'm not against it across the board, but. If they're saying or implying that they need that for the scene to happen, bad. Right. I don't think that that's good. After the scene, if you guys are still horny and you want to hook up with this person, absolutely. I've done that and it's been really fun. But, like, I also mainly work with people I've already worked with. So, like, that rapport is kind of there already. If you're trying to get someone to hook up with you off camera before you've ever been on camera, no. Just use Tinder. Literally, date someone. That's <laughs> like, it's different. Like if you, I don't know. People are out here trying to make like really intimate, like couples vibe porn, right. and it's like we're not a fucking couple, right? We're uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's incredibly hard to advocate for yourself as a sex worker in any scenario, in any environment, but especially alone, alone with a man, especially mid scene when at that point you want it to be if it's a bad scene, you're getting abused 
or whatever, you want it to be over as soon as possible. If you say anything to this person, they're going to spend the next 25 minutes trying to gaslight you into believing that that's not happening. And then you're there for another hour and a half Literally. probably before you hopefully escape safely. Um, I, I do want to say that when I got to his house, uh, my intuition was really loud about not signing any paperwork, which I'm really happy that I I did because he wasn't able to release anything. Um, and also on the way out of the door after giving me one of his stupid hats and a cookie, I'm hand on the door handle, like traumatized as fuck, not in my body, not in my mind at all. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. the consent video. Fucking clown. Never sent it to me. If he did, I would use it. Because it's evidence because I'm looking in the camera and I'm like, blink twice if you're okay. Blink twice if you're not okay. I can't do either. Or whatever the fuck I said. Like, I'm so obvious. I'm sure he deleted that and threw it into the digital trash. Mm-hmm, which has pr- probably been, you know, oh, filled. Oh, yeeted, bro. <laughs> yeeted into outer space by this point. I doubt there are any fans of him listening to this because there aren't any um but he has oh he has his little tater tots but they have they're all new fans for the most part it wasn't until that doesn't mean that they're not gonna fucking try to get that content bro oh i know that fucks me up oh for sure you know that he's selling everything still some other way like trying to weasel his way but like i feel like our mo and all of this is like we're on we're we're at the precipice of this entire narrative and this entire shift like happening so even though there's always going to be men who will pay for really abusive content like what is the narrative that encapsulates this for like the industry right now for like the people who are trying to do their best you know and it was very different it's very different now than it was six months ago i think people are i don't know this feels like me too obviously already happened in like mainstream Mm -hmm. uh, the mainstream world but this does feel like our kind of like microcosmic version of that. It's kind of like, yeah, it's the content, me too. Just like movie. protecting yourself and like learning how to do that. Cause we, I did not know how to do that when I Mm-mm. got to LA. That's and like, we're almost process. 30. And like, <laughs> it's still so incredibly hard. And we joined this industry because we were sexual beings who wanted a better lives better life for ourselves. And mm-hmm. we wanted to share like a sacred beautiful part of ourselves with the world and that is what we have done and that's what we will continue to do but we're we're not here to glamorize the industry and i think <laughs> that's <laughs> clear with this episode and a couple others but like <sighs> it is just it's a really idealized space and you know girls aren't going on there going on their twitter and talking about Mm-hmm. hardships a lot of the time like for me I post my titties and I go I'm not going on social media to like be open and, and vulnerable because that's not <laughs> mm. I kind of lost what I was <laughs> going to say that's okay yeah how are you feeling I feel good I mean I'm I mean no I don't but I <laughs> Um yeah I'm dripping sweat I I feel like I'm never going to like what I was saying to you before we were filming I feel like especially after filming the scene with I mean the episode with King Noir where we talk about like ethical dom practices and everything that content boys aren't 
And um, after that episode and watching it back, I was like, I wish I said this. I wish I described this differently. Mm -hmm. I wish I said these things. Why didn't I say this? And I know that even after watching this episode, I'm going to feel the same way. And I just want, like, to relieve that pressure from myself and just everybody else. Like, the whole point of our podcast is to lean into the obscure (laughs) permanency of shit that you say online. So I'm just trying to breathe through that because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me to do this the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I probably won't do it exactly the right way. And that's okay. This happened a couple of months ago. And I'm just kind of I'm, I'm not even processing it really yet because I've had to process it in this space to mm-hmm. make to keep my business going throughout this to think that he came in our sacred <laughs> podcast studio and changed how our relationship with this place honestly and I've just been focused on like keeping my life afloat doing and saying the right things and that's just it's just too much man it's just too much this year has been too much and like i'm sorry but there is not one person who went out of their way to share their story about this man who did it for any other reason besides i feel like this is the right thing to do Mm. and this is gonna fuck up my career a little bit like it is not good for anybody to admit that they have been raped to have the courage to talk about it publicly it is not good in any way (laughs) no one's doing it for their own gain dude what gain am i getting from this besides because alex filo is broke as hell and he always (laughs) has been he always has been those numbers have always been fudged and he's always been years behind on his taxes from what i understand so there is nobody that's like this man's successful, and I don't like it. Let's take no, him down. No with one these was shocked. Fake stories. That's what's so fucking insane about this is no one was shocked. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No one was surprised. Everyone that I told, they were like, "Oh, Alex Filo." Yeah. Plain. Sight. Oh, it was Alex Filo. Plain fucking sight, dude. And same with, um, like every I've just shared some feelings. Like she texted me trying to get me to stop talking about her on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, hmm. money, 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 money. There's a lot of money in this industry. It's real fucking blinding. That's, in fact, maybe the most blinding element in this industry. But yeah, thank you for texting me and telling me to be quiet. It <laughs> it worked. Um, As you can now hear. I'm not like scared of you. Anyone, really. Or anyone. Um, yeah. it's it's your shitty intuition and poor choices that got you here you know yeah another thing is that like people reaching out to us trying to make good just so we don't talk about you on this podcast uh (laughs) (laughs) my blind spot How do you feel about the guilty by association thing? What I do you feel mean? like when people say, like, oh, well, you know, guilty by association. It's like if you're going to be still working with or posting with or, mm-hmm. or hanging out with somebody. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Like, mm-hmm. I think that everyone in this industry is at a very different phase of their healing process. Most of us are not started. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think that. The, the pattern that I've noticed for me and that I noticed for a lot of people is like 
you find someone you feel comfortable enough to film with. Maybe you do a couple scenes together. For me, my new pattern that I would like to establish is keeping it there and not getting too emotionally uh, invested or open after that point. Because once I find out, like, I don't know, it's it's hard for me to be attracted to someone once I, like, learn too much and feel like we're in really different places in a lot of different ways. Um, and that can manifest so many different ways. But it's... Um, I don't know. That's that's the tricky part for me is like keeping it professional mm -hmm. um, when your profession is being horny for someone. And it's just like, mm -hmm. what if I'm not horny for your personality after a while? Do I? Is it just like on to the next one? Um, I don't know. Does that resonate? <laughs> Uh, it did just make me think of something that we talked about, I think, in one of our first episodes about how if we were to not work with anyone who has ever worked with someone who mm -hmm. is bad, there would be nobody to work with because everybody has, mm -hmm. you know, it's a pool and everybody kind of swimming together. <laughs> so it's like you have to really make these decisions for yourself and talk to these people about these things like if somebody was known for being with somebody in the past who ended up being an abuser like and you don't know them at all yeah it'd probably be safer to just not work with them but if you know them personally and you know the story and you know everything in the last couple of months with you and I being heavily involved in this movement but kind of quietly and then to watch that episode that we filmed with him where he corroborates all of his victim stories. Um, it felt like like watching it, it just it feels like we we're like swordsmen in the Matrix or something. Like like as if we went back in time and we were saying shit to him that we wish we could have, but we did. Dude. Like it I don't know. Um also, I want to talk about how we especially now feel like outcasts in the industry. Mm. and how I think that that is, like, a powerful place to be, and... Yeah, I feel like I'm looking at it less as, like, outcasts and more as, like, someone who's very selective yeah. with, like, who they're allowing into their space and yeah. life. Um, yeah. Yeah, because... We did fuck Johnny Sins, though, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Thereby getting all the coochie in the game let's, transferred. Yeah, let's, uh... How... How, uh... Honest do you want to be about that? I said I never trust a man with blue eyes, but <laughs> <laughs> how honest. He has a be? lot to handle. I'm glad that you were there with me. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, took that dick together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, could you imagine of getting double the dick that you got? You could imagine it. You were in it yesterday. I was there. I had my force field yesterday, dude. I went to fucking like Whole Foods before I got there, and people were moving out of my way, and my tits were fully out. That's usually when they're like crowding in. They were like, "Oh, she's going through something right now." <laughs> I know. Yeah, the people can tell. No, yeah, and then I got there and Johnny is like horny as shit and he's just like, he felt the force field too. Yeah, he like came up to you and you were like... Yeah, he came up to me and I could tell he was like horny as shit and I was like, met his gaze and he was like, ma'am, madam. Yeah. I mean, I think all the, all the rumors are true about him. I don't know the rumors. 
I mean, all the sexual things that he does, like the mm. fingers in while he's fucking, like yeah. things okay, that I've yes. seen things girls I've talk and, yeah. about, I saw for sure. Yeah. And also, like, it's the, the hype is real. The hype is real. And also, everybody does say, like, he's really passionate and, like, really intense and, but very receptive. And you just have to tell him, like, mm-hmm. like a pit bull or something. Yeah, like a pu- he, he had puppy energy for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. It's like, shh, 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 shh. I, I had a great time though. I'm, I needed yeah. to get fucked. I need to get f- the demons fucked out of me. Yeah, Some new demons that. fucked into me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. <laughs> I feel like it was like a, a baptism for our pussies, literally, because we both. I can't wait to see when he let out a squirt at the same time. Good shower. We squirted at the same time? I'm pretty sure. Was he. I don't remember. Oh, that. maybe he was dicking you fingers in me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Would you film with him again? Yeah, I was actually thinking about what I film anal with him. I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because anal I anal threesome. Crazy. I would only do that with you. I think. Could you fucking imagine anal sex, dude? You know what's crazy? And I don't know if this is a problematic thing to say. Maybe you should let me know. But I feel like I would be less nervous with a brown or black dick for anal because it would be less obvious if it's dirty. Oh my god. That is valid. I was fucking on a brown boy in my booty the other day, and I turned around, and I was like, I'm clean. And he was like, you're not. And I was like, oh, my bad, bro. <laughs> That's when the ass-cleaning obsession really started. Was Let's go into the know. anal obsession for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, we went into this when we had Donka on here, but... We we yeah we we touched on it and I I don't even think we're upon it yeah we're not obviously we're not authorities on this situation but we're getting some we're picking up some some, some swirling things that are being put down yeah <laughs> there's like a lot of shit swirling around the butthole mm-hmm. particularly the female butthole mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean I think it's a it's like it can't help but feel like an ownership thing a dominance thing a control thing just inherently. Mm-hmm. Because things come out and you're going to go in there and say, no, I'm going in. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's doing the opposite of what the body wants, kind of. Mm-hmm. In a way, obviously, you know, we have orgasms anally. It feels good. It's enjoyable. It is. But this whole means a lot of experience. different things. Yeah. This whole comes with baggage. But if a man is trying to pressure you to have anal sex, run away and never look back. No, that's your hole. And like, yeah. it's a very, very special portal. And it's, I just, I don't know. I don't want anyone I tr- I don't trust in my ass anymore. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, after um, what happened, obviously, I, I was feeling like I really wanted to redo the experience. And like, I needed, I wanted to have anal sex that was... Um, What's it called? Consensual. <laughs> What's that word? <laughs> I just can't. Right. To kind of like absolve my anus from the trauma. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to have anal rinse. sex with someone who I trust. And um, mm-hmm. that's when. Oh, let's just cut to him right now being a dumbass little idiot in, in the stew. <laughs> We befriended <laughs> someone in the industry who I thought was going to be our friend for a long time. And it felt like we had a real friendship, which sucks because he was really there for me after what happened in a way that other people in my life weren't able to because they were 
secondhand traumatized by what happened to me, which is that's a whole other thing that when someone something really fucking terrible happens to you, it traumatizes everybody around you and and that will show up in different ways and sometimes seem mm-hmm. like it traumatized them more than it did for you because you're the one that experienced it and it's your brain that put it somewhere the fuck else so you can keep on chucking along. Mm. But so, yeah, James was a really good friend of mine and... Um, and I won't say more than a friend, but he was different than just a friend. He, I feel like he made himself valuable in a way that hurt more when he left than just a friend because of his relationship to yeah the the trauma traumatic event and stuff right yeah and like I never had any more feelings for him than like just a friend but it felt like vulnerable like I would say that you and I are are more than friends like and it feel it felt like that type of thing Mm -hmm. like the longevity like Like you could trust trust you could really trust them And um, I think that he, yeah, he has a bit of that white knight syndrome. And I don't think it was, again, like conscious or with malice or anything like that. But, yeah, he swooped in when I was in a really vulnerable state. I think it's his natural way that his, like, wounds are playing out was for him to fulfill that role. And whether or not that's intentional is, like, kind of hard to say either way a lot of times I think also I've realized that I have mistaken people's anxiety for being out of being a caring person um oh wait I'm saying this opposite like I would think that someone being anxious about something is because they're like caring Mm. caring about like doing the right thing and how it's going to make everyone else feel but a lot of the times people's anxiety are coming from purely self-protection they're hiding something. And, like, they're anxious about the situation because they're trying to control it and manage it in a way that um, is ideal for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not because, like, oh, I hope whatever. Just be careful. And, like, when someone is anxious, especially a boy, I feel like we as women often will just be, like, oh, he's a puppy. Wow. Like, he understands anxiety. That's, Literally. That's, like, ten steps ahead <laughs> of the average man. <laughs> Who was, like, able to name it and, like, you know. Has heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. I guess we have to do a quick, like, we understand that you men were not given any emotional tools and that you're basically, like, your head has been shoved in sand your whole life. Just, like, shut up, be a man, and don't say a fucking word. So, like, we understand that you weren't set up for success to deal with life, but newsflash, neither were we. (laughs) And... Things might just just be a little spooky, scarier for us, but uh, <laughs> just a smidge. But we understand your lived experience as well, honey. Don't worry. <laughs> we um, have to to survive. But anyway, <laughs> right. So then you, not all of you, kill us. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So we don't know what's going to end up in with this whole thing. Things mm. are still very active and alive. Yes, they are. Way um, too alive. I really hope <laughs> that he does not hurt anybody else. We're talking about Alex Velo here. Um, hurt anybody else and just quietly goes off somewhere. But even if he never shoots another video again, like he's just going to find darker corners to do this in, um, which they 
all do. I hope he like does ayahuasca or something and like sees. Oh no, people like that don't want to do ayahuasca. <laughs> that's way too much for them. <laughs> I swear to God, Bay. Yeah, no, that's so true. Yeah. I don't think he's ever gonna realize what he's done. But deep down, I know he fucking knows. You know what's so crazy is that when like people were talking to him and like confronting him and stuff, I remember the intervention. No. Oh, just before that. Oh, before. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Like I remember people saying to him that he might be a sociopath and him like acting like he didn't know what it, that even like was basically, but he literally said on our podcast he was talking about sociopathy. And I'm like, you are such a little manipulator. Mm -hmm. It's ugh. The thing is is that they never clock out like men like this. They they hide in plain sight. And they never clock out of their on. ongoing manipulation because mm -hmm. they're manipulating themselves the most to be able to continue their journey. Believing the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there are very few safe men to work with in this industry. And those are just the facts. And also, like, a lot of women are not safe to work with, I would say. And, like, that's a whole other conversation. But... Yeah, I will not vouch for any man in this industry. I will work with them again. I love yeah, I love some of them and I have a great time working with them, but I will never vouch. No. I will never say, "Yeah, you should work with him. He's a great safe person." Because at the end of the day, that's just how they are with me. Mhm. Mm and at the end that of the one day, time. like why would I vouch vouch for a man? No. But I will continue to work with the men that I feel comfortable with. And I will continue listening to the Dread episode of our podcast whenever I need a confidence boost. Because honestly, it's our greatest creation so far. And honestly, That's been released. <laughs> everything that he said a lot of stuff. I actually want to go back in that episode and make new social clips. Because he said a lot of really great stuff about content, boys. Before mm -hmm. we were he even did. really like... I listened to it literally yesterday. Yeah, before we were even really, like, talking about it and calling them content boys and, like, having that kind of divide yeah, between... Yeah, he identified that shift that has happened because of the internet, honestly. Yeah. there's content boys and there's pro dudes. And I'll take a, I'll take a pro dude over a content boy yeah. any day. Just throwing that out there. But Dredd did say, like, that OnlyFans happened and all these content boys came out of the woodwork, right? It's yep. everyone with a dick and a dream. And... <laughs> And they're like, I can do it, you know, and they can't. <laughs> Maybe they can in their own house where they're in control of everything. If there was another person breathing in there, there'd be no blood to their dick. So and I remember him saying that. and I don't even think I fully processed some mm -hmm. of the stuff that he was saying. And I wish that I did more. But we were just like, OK, Dread has the biggest fucking dick in the world ever made. And if anybody is capable of doing physical damage on somebody, it is him. And, I mean, n no one has ever said anything about him that I know of, of being negative in any way. Like, I mean, I just said I'm not going to vouch for any man. I've never worked with Dread, so I can't speak on any of it. But I'm just saying, like, if anybody could do damage... Like, physical damage on somebody, it's him, and I've never heard that from anybody. And I think it's because, like, he's just a true professional, right? Like, I don't know. He has nothing to prove. Nothing to prove. He's in it for fun, but he's a professional. Like, I love that shit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the men that come in with a dick in a dream, it's they just... got something to prove. They got obstacles in their way. They're trying to. Over- um, mm. mm-hmm. We were talking about men a lot. Jesus, I feel like I've barely said anything this entire episode. <laughs> I always feel like that. Though. I always feel like I'm just like. <laughs> Looking back, I'm just like, Jesus, can you stop talking for a second? But with this episode and, like, the King Noir one, I I did just feel... Yeah, it needed to be done. needed to be done. And, I mean, we owe no one an explanation, but it has been nine months since we started this fucking podcast, and we have ten episodes out, and it's just like, why is no one ready for us having just literally conversations? (laughs) Could we just... What do you mean? Who's not ready? Well, first of all, the first fucking production studio we worked with was being insane and dragged out our production for four months. And that was because they're all men. And then, I mean, this studio has been lovely, but then we you know, get assaulted. And then <laughs> and then there's just like people picking up the broken pieces after just throwing them into the wind. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty whole now. I just got um, read like a book and then played like a flute. You know, and I'm here to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, you lived it, babe. And I mean, how long were you dating this person? Like four or five months. Yeah. Four months. And I have a question for the audience <laughs> and you, I guess, but I don't know if you have an answer. Like, why do men. <laughs> End of sentence. <laughs> That's it. Like, play along with you when they know that they don't want oh i'll I'll tell you why because i mean we've both done that too yeah in different ways but with similar aims it's because i I think it's usually because they're well there's like so many different reasons it could be actually now that i think about it but it validates you to get someone who is unattainable to I'm, i'm sorry what? I'm so sorry for interrupting you. He told you that he would have kids with you in a couple years. He didn't say that explicitly. He heavily implied that he was interested in having a child. It's oh. it's like slippery stuff where mm-hmm. they're like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is right discombobulated." But I definitely feel like I gave this person a lot of information up front, and um, it's easy to see what kind of like narratives like uh, appeal to people and I think yeah I don't know I'm getting like lost in my thoughts let's just update you guys on since last season okay so we finished filming season one in November right yes of 2022 yes and then we raved for two months yeah, we raved, caught a couple boyfriends, let them go. Yeah. And then we started... <laughs> they were all named Augustine. <laughs> yeah. Augustine 1, <laughs> Augustine 2. We were fucking on all the Augustines. They were both your boyfriends, though. Augustine 3. Augustine 3. <laughs> <laughs> He's off limits. Augustine 2 was kind of more your boyfriend than my boyfriend. But then he did I suck did. my nipples right after I got my titties done. So I'll give him that. That was disturbing. Guys, imagine looking down, someone sucking your dick and you can't fucking feel shit. That's scary. You want it to feel like Pleasure Town USA, and it feels like you and have he's a ghost so intense dick. too. You know, he was like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I looked down expecting to be horny, and I was horrified. Um, anyway, TMI. Augustine too. Yeah, I never let him hit. I did the usual like, send him home with a hard dick, mm-hmm. which he loved. Hard, hard mushroom cloud 
ginormous This wiener. man's dick. Okay. This is the shaft, right? Like, this is the width of the shaft. Shaft is a baby arm. And then head is the well, yeah. giant adult fist. No, I can't even. It's like the head is a full mushroom cap. <laughs> like, at high noon, it completely shades the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> it just has a little hat on. <laughs> like, if you get that thing in, it's not coming back out. Literal plunger. Gonna get hooked Which is on crazy because with our first scene ever, we're like joking oh about our ideal dick, and you're like, "I like a plunger." <laughs> and that's some primal shit. Plunge out all that other splooge and just no, and, true, you know. And my splooge will be the only last standing. That's what happened in cave in the caves. <laughs> we're raving. We're confused. We're like, "Where's the podcast? Why aren't they doing everything for us?" Right. Oh, because we have to do everything, and no one fucking decided to tell us that. Um, because they think we're geniuses and we're fucking brain damaged. Um, so we get that season out and then I get titties and I'm like grounded, fully buried for like three months. Yeah. Thank God for those tits, dude. New tits, new house. Yeah. New tits, new house. And then basically we start filming Mm -hmm. and then shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we've gone on a couple trips. Like we went to the Dominican Republic for for a yoga retreat. Shout out Sky and Earth. Yoga, yoga retreats. retreats. They're so sweet. We're wearing and our necklaces. Wait, oh, I'm not wearing mine today. Oh. I meant to, but I'm like hard girl today. Shout out Patraki. Um, okay. We had a beautiful and religious experience there. But even then, like, we were dealing with a lot of shit from the whirlwind. Of- we, esca- we were escaping. We were escaping. We basically just uh, dropped some bombs on Twitter and then escaped the country, essentially. Yeah. I mean, yes. quite literally. Yes, yes, yes. And that was great. Really, like, so crucial. Can't wait to go back. We also went up to Monterey. Oh, yeah. To see our opal friends. Our opal friends. Shout out Cosmic Opals. We did a photo shoot with them and hung out. And I think that that was just, like, a beautiful experience. Yeah, it was us. fun as fuck. We and- saw an otter sucking its own dick at the, aqua- <laughs> at, the, at the aquarium in Monterey. It was insane. Um, If you're ever in Monterey, go to the aquarium. It is, like, one of Not the best aquariums. <laughs> Go see Otter number 23. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, He'll take care of you all they, right. have, they have had multiple great white sharks and a million square foot tank at this aquarium, which sounds fucked, and it is. Yeah. <laughs> they said the last one and that was there, and they'll never have them again for this reason, I guess, like, went on a fucking killing spree in the tank Eating one day. frenzy. Didn't, no, didn't eat anything. It just killed yeah. all the other okay. fish and left them for dead. If you were a shark, you would do the same exact thing. Yeah. I'd yeah. be stunting on these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so Monterey was great. And then we went to Pride, which we said, what else have we done? Cried. Cried a lot. Done a lot of psychedelics. Yeah. We've done a lot of psychedelics this year. Yeah, shout out mushrooms. Shout out ketamine. (laughs) (laughs) Ketamine is the most psychedelic drug I've ever done in my life. I wish it made me hornier than it does. It makes me snuggly, which is is nice. Shout out to my antidepressant. I'm really feeling her lately. Yeah, I'm just completely self-medicating. Mm-hmm. You'd think that, like, you make money and then you can, you know, figure your life out and things will be easier. We're it's working not, on it. It's not easier. Dude, I totaled up my expenses today and just running my business alone, I spend over six figures. Or not over six figures, but I spend six figures a year just doing stuff to keep it afloat. When you go to a different tax bracket, you also go to a different, like, <laughs> mental bracket. Not in a good way. <sighs> yeah, no. Um, you sell your soul a little bit for sure my like ideology about money has never changed i love that mine's Um, changed a lot and it needed to 
Yeah. I mean, when I had no money, it was like, you know, less than a thousand to the name type thing. I like my relationship with money was the same. I feel like I just refused (laughs) to think about it in a certain way. And I feel like I am still in the same way, but I wish that I wasn't like, I, I don't know. I wish I could rein myself in and structure myself completely, but I am just not that person. And if I was, I would be having a completely different job and life experience yeah. if my brain works that way. But it doesn't. And that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I see your list of things? You can feel free to start beatboxing. <laughs> Make the butt swap extra nasty. Oh my God. I was going to ask you about that, actually. That okay. is so off topic, but have you noticed how much the instructions for the butt swab at CET has changed? Have you realized how much the instructions have changed from when they started implementing the butt swab to now? Because they used to tell you, make that shit dirty. Like, they would literally say that to you. They'd be like, the dirtier, the better. I thought you were talking about, it's first of all, it says butt swap. Okay, so I was thinking of, um, like, a oh, cum people? swap <gasps> from butt. Back and forth forever, farting it into each other. I'm sure that exists. Oh my god, I just actually got so nauseous. How does that make you nauseous, but you can watch the entire trepanation shit on Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia? (laughs) I don't understand. Dude. I mean, that's fair. I don't know. (laughs) Actual surgery, I can't watch, but somebody like drilling a hole into their own head, I'm fine. I've meant to Google that like three times since we watched that The trepidation? Okay. Is it trepidation or trepanation? Also, um, to closing thoughts on the butt swap, aka butt swab, they now give you a cleaning swab before. I'm like, were they getting so much poop that they were like... Okay, let's give them some context for this. So a couple... uh, Six months ago. Six months ago, we started having to swab... Eight months ago. Eight months ago, started having to swab our throats and our buttholes. And not in that order. um, (laughs) For chlamydia and gonorrhea because it came out... Out of all right, everything hits the sex worker realms first. We know when the, the economy. economy is going to crash. We know of like new diseases. Everything except human rights, but <laughs> but yeah, basically there was a new antibiotic form of uh, gonorrhea. There's like freaky shit happening. Antibiotic resistant form. Yeah, what I say? Antibiotic form. <gasps> <laughs> you get a gonorrhea that actually cures others. Really. No. Okay, so we found. People in the industry found out that you could get gonorrhea and chlamydia not only in your genitals, but in your ass and in your throat. So, like, someone, like, girls and guys and everyone in between, if they'd never even had anal sex in their life, they, like, did the swab and they're like, what? I have chlamydia in my asshole? How long has this gone on? And it just travels there, I guess. So Sets up shop, (laughs) starts a whole new family. Yeah, so every two weeks or so when we go and get tested, we have to shove a Q-tip up our asses. And they do the throat swab, which I appreciate Mm. because there's a lot of room for user error on that. Same with the butt swab. But yeah, at first they're like, really get up in there, swirl it around, and Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be dirty. And we're like, Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Um, So I didn't know that they changed the rules. Yeah, well, now they give you like the pre-clean one. So you're supposed to pre-clean it, which I'm like, I'm not, I I don't do it. I'm going to be honest. I just go in dirty again. That's because they give you two? Yeah. That's not what they're doing. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-uh. One's a cleaning swab. I still go to CET. I've never had a problem with them. Like, I realize there are issues, but they're just closer and they get the job done. And I just don't have to schedule anything. I fucking hate having to make an appointment. I yeah, love yeah, just yeah. walking no, in. I feel that. I do. 
Also, amazing hiking around there. Oh. Deervale. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, Clear is really far. Um, it's also right across the street from talent testing. It's like, okay, we all know <laughs> Could you happened. spread it out some? Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, butt swabs. <laughs> and um, dude, my right vein literally has so much scar tissue built up on it. Mine are bussing. You can like you can feel the scar tissue. It's actually it gets harder and harder for them to penetrate every time. Why is mine so baby soft and covered in sparkles? <laughs> and we talked a little bit about about travel. I kind of want to talk a little bit more traveling. You get in the TSA pre-check, it's bro. Happening. I just can't get myself back in that fucking FedEx after I went in there three times one day. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. I was tw- it was two felt like three speaking of clear mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna get clear like for travel I had clear for a while it's, it's pretty cool it's not in every airport mm, yeah more people are getting it it's kind of scary that they have their pupils like yeah in a database I'm not gonna lie but it's like uh-huh. it's and it's like 200 a year I mean I didn't know this about the secret bougie clubs in the airports but there's two experiences of going to the airport there's the experience with the sky club and the experience without and it's like without it's hectic and beige. expensive and beige and generic and just not a fun time. No. Upstairs, there are these secret rich <laughs> sky clubs where there is a buffet of food. There are showers. There is Are we an talking continental breakfast? Door bar. Yes. Okay. I like mean good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have everything. They have everything. And open bar outdoor bar outdoors you're outside eating and drinking and like watching the the, chemtrails (laughs) watching the chemtrails fill your lungs (laughs) (laughs) and you're just like wow i can't believe i ever experienced the airport differently i can barely even remember it now but i don't have the status for it i finesse my way in and i'll i'll share my secrets first of all uh be femme presenting (laughs) tits are out the tits are out threatening a nipple second of all you you look in the line of people waiting to get into the the first class of the airport and um you gotta you gotta find the weak one you know obviously a man and try to get him as straight as possible i made the mistake once my gaydar was just off or it was just the only man in line i don't know but I, i i go up to them and i'm like Hey, I don't know if you have any guest passes left, but I'll like cash up you fifty bucks if you let me use one. And they're like, no, sweetie. sweetie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but one, I went up to this one guy and I said that, and he was just like, <laughs> "Nice try, honey." And I was like, uh, I mean, we can still do it as friends. It's not like I talk to them <laughs> after anyway. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he's yeah. like, I'm keeping my guest pass. Thanks. Thanks move along <laughs> floozy <laughs> but yeah if you can finesse your way up there go up there it's amazing um yeah i need a new credit card situation i've i had great credit for a while and i've just fucked it this year this episode was weird and hard and hopefully not that weird and hard to listen to but um i guess this is the last episode of this season we've been haters we've we're lovers we can still hate as lovers and I am so grateful to be able to reevaluate my relationship to my career because I love my career and it's so fulfilling and I'm so glad I finally have one and I'm glad Mm -hmm. to be putting one foot in front of the other but 
I am such a different person than I was when I started. Um, I guess it's been almost four years now. And yeah, I'm just really excited to learn more about protecting myself and nourishing myself. And I am happy that that is a part of my life. And I'm excited to incorporate that more into my work more and more all the time. And I'm so proud of us. I'm proud of you. And I'm glad you got to say what you got to say this episode. And I know that it's stuff people need to hear. And we are truly divinely blessed. So I want to say thank you to you. I feel like if I didn't have you in my life during this time, I would be in a much different place. And I've been just really proud of you watching how you have dealt with all of this. And I've just felt very like safe and solid beside you. Mm. I love you. I love you too. Thank God for this pod, dude. And thank God for all of you. Mm. We love you so much. And this is like so much fun for us. And just because we had a really big, scary bus bus crash into it doesn't mean that we don't love it any less. No, it only means we're sticking our heels in the dirt further. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. We have a lot of exciting things to share with you on and off the pod. It's hilarious that we started with as many resources as we did. You know what I mean? We didn't start like in our basement. We're like, we're getting a studio and we're just going to fart into it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see yeah, what we do next season. Never. It just doesn't feel nothing ever feels finished. But that's the whole point of life. Nothing is finished until you die. And not even then. Happy omnipresence to you all. Yeah. Happy impending omnipresence. Um, (laughs) uh, Keep your friends close. And keep your enemies far the fuck away. (laughs) What's one word to describe Sydney Summers in bed? I don't think our scene was that intense, but I don't think it was like, I've shot some really fucking crazy shit, man. Mm. What is your most intense scene that you've done? I can't talk about it. Sex addiction for me, it's like being addicted to like cocaine. I've gone to the Oscars. I've gone to the Grammys. I've been offered a, to do a gangbang. The only male talent is myself, Alex Jones, and Johnny Sins. Oh, fuck. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Why? Is it the comparison? No, fuck no. What? I'm super confident in myself. You've never done anal sex on camera? I've never done anal sex. Don't look at me like that. There's a line. There's a line? Yeah, but who better than me? And when better than now? For me, what's the hottest is like knowing somebody is like genuinely fucking filthy. I love like pushing somebody to like their true potential and like having anal sex is like you cannot be like a certified I'm fucking unless like all your holes are getting used. To be a real whore, you have to get every single one of your holes used.